Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and specifically WandaVision Episode 5 on a very special episode. I am Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And man, alive, guys, this was a big one. This is a potential universe changing episode of our universe this is changing our universe (laughs) yeah uh what are you guys doing differently after this episode i feel like just a new fresh person honestly i Uh, got in a dead dog as a pet i was like let me just jump to the end nice Um, i electrocuted my dead dog (laughs) i'm gonna go back back. to sleep (laughs) oh man this is very early for pete but we're very excited to talk about this because uh, again this is a huge episode of wandavision Requisite spoiler warning here. We're not going to talk about every single aspect of the episode. We're not going to recap beat by beat, but we are going to get right into spoilers and talk through it. And there's a lot of big things that happen. So if you haven't watched episode five, again, episode five on a very special episode, check it out right now uh, and then head back here. Uh, Broad strokes. Here's what's going on in this episode, uh, just as a reminder. So now we're splitting our time between the sitcom world of WandaVision and the real world of the MCU, which, of course, is our real world. Our reality, yes. Yes. Very Uh, And in reality, Monica Rambeau is out of the Wanda Hex. We have a name called Hex. We'll talk about that in a second, I'm sure. Oh, it's good. Very exciting. Uh, Darcy and... Darcy and Jimmy Woo are trying to help her out and figure out what's going on with Wanda. There's a big confrontation outside with Hayward, who attacks Wanda inside, and we find out a lot of more. There's a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of questions there that, again, we'll get back to in a moment. Inside the sitcom world, we're in the 80s. Tommy and Billy, grown up real quick. Uh, Lots of weirdness going on here, both with the residents of Westview and with Wanda and with Tommy and Billy. Agnes is getting more in the mix of everything that's going on. And Vision is definitely becoming self-aware. We get a couple of notes that we've certainly wondered about, some answers, more questions. And then the biggest one of all at the end, I don't know if we want to talk about this right now or we want to save it for a little later. Probably save it. Yeah. Uh, But... I'll, I'll mention what it is. You all know if you've seen it, but <laughs> Evan Peters shows up as Quicksilver, which is wild. That is and wild. Let's let's put it a little pin in that and come back because, again, yeah. huge discussion. Uh, first of all, as we do, 
let's talk about the episode. What'd you think? I thought this was phenomenal. Uh, I was so excited that they're bringing everything together, splitting the time between the two worlds. This is great. So good. And, you know, a lot of people were like, this show is moving so slowly. There's all this criticism of like how weird it is. It's all laying the groundwork. And that's the confidence that you get from a Marvel show from the MCU mm-hmm. where they're like, I, we understand you might not get everything from the first one, two episodes, but it's all worth it when they start to weave this stuff in. And it's just like so much happening and so many revelations happening in this episode. So Guys, good. I want to go back to the eighties, you know, jazzercise, you could mm-hmm. give your kids liquor. I mean, those were the <laughs> days. You yeah, know if, what I mean? Pete, if the vision grabbed your temples, you'd be like, hi, I'm Pete. I like it here. Please leave me here. I want to live here in this city. Hey, Vision, get it together, all right? This is, we're all stuck in this. Stop fighting it, you know. Yeah. Go get an orange, Julius. Things are going to be cool. Yeah. Instead of calling your family and letting them know you're where you were, you'd immediately run off to a 7 Eleven. Yeah. Just have someone punch me right in the crotch before the commercial break. That's all I'm living for right now. <laughs> I'm the, the funny to the point you were saying, Justin, I love how fast they're, fast they're whipping through story. I think back, going back to the first episode, we were like, they're going to be in sitcom land for eight episodes, and then we'll see what the revelation is in episode nine. Nope. Uh, they pretty much announced how quickly they're going through it, I think, with episode four. We talked about this the last time. This is only my suspicion here, but it really does feel like you got this first act, which is sitcom land, something's wrong. The second act is Wanda versus Vision. And I still do think we're going to see a twist here that this is not all Wanda, even yeah, though they're, yeah. they're doubling yeah. down very hard on it in this episode in particular. Well, and I, but I do think we're seeing what the, the cracks there in the theory that Wanda's bad. Like, Hayward's clearly um, uh, an overarching villain here. And I think Agnes is, is, Agnes is at the core of this somehow, obviously, as well. So I do think we're going to get even the mailman at the end is sort of like, what's he seem suspect? And yeah, I just don't, don't trust worry. mailmen in general. What? I'm like a dog. What's their agenda? That's what I want to know. Yeah, they're always at my Deliver house. Deliver mail. Ev- That's- every day they got something to give me. Yeah. Suspect. <laughs> well, if you didn't order all those crazy Amazon packages, that you know, maybe they wouldn't have to be there. Well, I order them on my computer, and they show up in real life from this guy. <laughs> let's talk uh, about Agnes. I think that's a good place to start because we get a lot of Easter eggs here about that. Certainly, I there's mean, been a lot of speculate. Yes, Pete. Let's talk about that jazzercise outfit. That was that's glorious. I mean, it brings me right back. <laughs> What brings you, you know, back? What were you talking about? It's not like you were an adult in the 80s who jazzercising. Uh, no, uh, but my mom was. It was fun to see that uh, those outfits and, uh, you know, like, hey, you know what? Kids will shut up if you give them booze. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this was the time, you know? Could you send us that picture of your mom in the jazzercise outfit that you keep That's talking about? That's creepy. And no, <laughs> you said it. You said it. No, no, you no. When it. you said it, it's creepy. You uh, said it, plus, it's creepier. Uh, <laughs> the binkies bit was just fun television. You know what I mean? The dad coming in with them in both ears. I mean, that's classic. Well, I do want to talk comedy. about... Actually, the Easter eggs with Agnes in a second, but to the point that you're making, Pete, uh, I love getting back to the sitcom tropes here. I think something that they've been pushing really hard that I think a lot of viewers have been struggling with, uh, forgive me, I know Pete's going to yell at me for this, but the jokes aren't very funny most of the time, but that's okay. Like, they are very much... 80s sitcom style jokes they perfectly fit the era still hold up i don't know what the fuck you're talking about not Mm -hmm. funny nope did you see those binkies 
Stop saying Binky as a, such an adult man. Um, well, let me say this. I think the jokes in the first couple episodes when the sitcom Hey, Justin, world, take the Binky out of your ear. <laughs> those are headphones. Uh, the, in the first couple episodes, the jokes were strong when the sitcom reality was strong. And now Ooh, that Wanda's nice. attention is split between so many things and there's all these problems starting to emerge, I, yeah. I think in, uh, this is purposeful. She doesn't have as much time to mentally write oh. good sitcom jokes. Yeah, so exactly. Jokes, I really think that's – my takeaway from this episode is like the stories in the sitcom are getting dumber because Wanda's attention is split. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's got so much going on. The little writer's room in her head is having a tough time keeping up with all of it. Yeah. How's the writer's room in your head, Pete? They've been, they've been passing out booze for a couple seasons now. Let me be honest. Let's get back to the Agatha Agnes Easter eggs. We've certainly Ooh, speculated. A Agatha, lot of, okay. Well, a lot of people have speculated that she is Agatha Harkness from the comics who ends up taking care of the kids, I believe, takes care of Wanda and Pietro's kids. Here she straight up calls herself Auntie Agnes, says she has some tricks up her sleeve, uh, but the big thing, I think, for overarching with the show that you were mentioning, Justin, is she seems to be aware in some way. I don't know if she's yes. the villain necessarily, but she certainly has known what is going on and does know what's going on. We talked the- about this with the last episode, not last episode, two episodes back as well, where people seem to have different levels of awareness of what's happening. But Agatha is, I keep calling her Agatha, Agnes is definitely at the top of that chain. And we see in this episode that Wanda's comfortable enough with her to use her powers in front of her. Like, there's definitely some... I feel like she's being manipulated by Agnes in some way. I think when the Vision calls out that she used her powers in front of her, that was a a moment where it felt like Wanda wasn't quite sure why she did something, which is the only instance of that. And I also thought it was telling that Agnes is like, do you want to take that again? Because I yeah. should be have the kids in my care. Like she wants the kids. The kids are her focus. She seems like she's operating in and around Vision and Wanda so that she can have more time and control over the kids. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. But, you know, as a classically trained actor, the take mm. it from the top is, you know, something that is used in stage and television. Wouldn't you <laughs> <Yeah>. say that? <laughs> uh, I, thank you. Yes. Uh, that's so a great just... inside baseball <laughs> tip right yeah. there, dude. Yeah. But, uh, this show does love sitting in these awkward moments, these kind of painful moments of like, let's take it from the top. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like when the reality just, breaks, oh, it's, it's God, almost like yeah. they were going to go back to one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at this guy. This, Come on. Like, like you're saying, Pete, I think this episode did this really well in particular. We got in the first episode, just that no, you know, stop it, stop it moment that broke the reality here. We're going back and forth from the camera angles to what's going on in the scenes. Uh, It comes in close and has a more modern style whenever the reality starts breaking down. And it's pretty much constant. It's nonstop here. To the point that it's alarming to watch, and I think purposely so, because it's breaking cinema convention. You know, you're getting all of these things all at the same time. But what also I think is so cool about this is cinema. Cinema convention caught up with reality mm-hmm. over the course of these decades of television they're dealing with. So that modern TV looks, you know, is meant to feel as much like everyday life in a lot of ways. You know, you get like handheld camera work and all that now. So like as the show is becoming a reality is creeping in on the sitcom sh- world of the show, at the same pace that reality crept in, reality looking television crept in on TV. So mm-hmm. it's just... 
it's a little bit of a mind fuck, and I think that I'm in a, a hex of some sort. But oh, um, it's catching on. But it feel it makes everything really work so well. I think. Yeah. yeah. The it, other thing, uh, I know I've been doubling down on this pretty much every episode, but one thing that I really liked about this one in particular, given everything that was going on, it really had a very strong theme about grief and how you deal with grief, and it hit it on every level. I know a couple of people commented and pushed back on me, uh, both at our Patreon Slack and on Twitter, about it's saying my favorite that thing I didn't to do. love... Oh, was it all you, Pete, with different alt accounts? Burners. I, I love pushing back on you, regardless of what's happening. I didn't love last episode because I liked what they did and I thought there were some really smart choices, but particularly when it came to Monica Rambeau, I liked what they set up, but it didn't feel like it panned out over the whole entire episode. The theme with her and her grief over her mother's death and missing that really played out in this episode. It played out with Wanda, of course, in the quote unquote real world, but it also played out in the sitcom world, which is what I think the last episode was missing a little bit because we get this whole storyline with Sparky that time in with the kids, with Wanda, with Vision, with everything. Very smartly written across the board, and I like that quite a bit. Well, you guys had had to be nervous when you saw that dog because you know the rule in television, that dog's got to die so those kids learn about responsibility, you know? Yeah. So that, that was a scary moment when they're teaching this dog tricks. I was like, this is going too well. This is that is a thing dog. that regularly happens? They kill dogs on television? Well, that's how I, I like learned about responsibility, you know? Yeah, that's how Pete learned how to kill a dog. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I do remember there was an episode of Full House where they got a dog, and then by the end it was just a bloody smear on the pavement. Yeah, yeah. just uh, pretty messed up. Terrifying. You got um, it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to your point, Alex, I do think um, uh, Monica dealing with her mom, mom's death makes her the only character that really, I think, sympathizes and understands what Juan is actually going through. And we see that in the scene, the confrontation scene at the end of the episode. Uh, and that's why Monica is so important, and she's really the leader of the uh, the Jimmy and Darcy uh, triumvirate that are going to be sort of our outside heroes here. Do we want to talk uh, about outside the hex a little bit? Because I think there were so many different things going on there that we possibly could plumb through. Uh, okay. Certainly, like you mentioned, there's the grief thing. I do love the three of them working together. I think yes. that's super fun. Great trio. The oh, Hex, for sure. I, I'm sure comic book fans caught on to this, but just in case there are people who are not diehard comic book fans uh, listening to this podcast, Wanda's powers in the comics are called Hex Powers. They riff on this a little bit when Hayward and Jimmy would talk about, does she have a cute nickname or anything like that? No, she doesn't. She's not really called Scarlet Witch in the MCU, though I expect we'll be calling her that by the end of the series. Uh, So that was all fun. Uh, But there's a bunch of questions that get brought up as well, uh, little things that are teases. One, Monica goes through these scans after she comes out of the hex, and... It seems like maybe she is empty from the scan. They need to do blood tests again. We know from the comics, she becomes Captain Marvel, Photon, a bunch of different names, Monica Rambeau sometimes. So this certainly seems to be the first hint of her powers. Uh, but what do you think is going on here? Are we actually going to see her power up in this in this series? I think so. The test That's what the test results really told me. And I, I think she's going to be called Photon, which is what her mom's uh, nickname was. And I think she'll take on that moniker. It seems uh, like the the power, the uh, tests weren't working on her because she is perhaps like sort of made of light or something like that. Oh, I thought she was dead and a ghost because usually when you can't see organs and stuff like that, that's uh, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. Usually when you can't see organs. Yeah. How is your ghost hunting going, Pete? It's great. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I thought I heard something. I, I love the idea that when you look at people, Pete, you're like, I don't, I don't see skin color. I just see a big bag of organs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you're like, every person you see, you're like, yep, organs. Not dead. <laughs> not so far. Dead. Not so a ghost. No ghost. Don't fuck with me, man. Yeah. Uh, in the comics, I believe she's able to be turn herself into different wavelengths of light. Is that right? Yeah. Or is it different wavelengths of energy? Uh, I don't know. I mean, photon. I think it's light focused. Yeah, it's whatever. You want. I, but I a harsh, know, harsh question from Alex. <laughs> yeah, it's too early from that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah sorry, the sun buds. hasn't come up yet. Uh, so that's one Christ. thing. Uh, another thing that is going on with her is she comes up with a method of getting inside the hex. We've actually seen some of this in teasers, so it is something that they potentially try out. But she figures out if she has basically a huge lab on wheels, she might be able to get in there and says, I know somebody who can help me with this and texts, I believe, an aerospace engineer. Who's she texting? This is my favorite part of the show. Who's she Uh, texting? Who's she texting? Who's she texting? I don't know. (laughs) I like the pause there where we were like, oh, now we need to file this up with information. But we were letting the theme song end for who's your texting. Um, I mean, my first thought was Captain Marvel. Uh, Ooh. Well, probably not, right? She has a weird reaction when somebody mentions Captain Marvel. And I do wonder, they haven't explicitly stated this, but I do wonder if there's some sort of her relating Captain Marvel to letting her mom die, uh, that maybe Captain Marvel's space radiation gave her cancer or something like that. Mm, I wonder if we're going to find that out. Because again, I think it was Darcy mentioned Captain Marvel and she just brushed over that and moved past. Well, what I thought that was, was she was like, I'll text my uh, aerospace engineer friend. And she, and then a second later, she's like, Captain Marvel. I thought she was like, how'd you know who I was texting? Oh, Oh, I mean, that was my take on it, but I don't know. I thought she was like, um, I'm going to text Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> and then look right at the Find camera. Find out what's in his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, who, who did you think? I, well, I thought it was originally when they were kind of describing things. I was like, oh, man, I want it to be a van time machine so bad because I think Paul Rudd would be hilarious in this mm. little trio of people. But I don't know. Mm. Oh, okay. So you thought maybe Ant-Man. Yep. All right. Uh, I wrote down a couple of possibilities. The first one that I thought of was Bruce Banner. That made sense to me. I know he's not an aerospace engineer, but, you know, Marvel Universe. Why would that make sense then? Marvel Universe scientists. It doesn't matter. They can do anything. Uh, The other one that came to mind was Talos from Captain Marvel, Ben Mendelsohn's character. Mm. Um, I don't know if he's an aerospace engineer necessarily, but I think kid Monica in Captain Marvel, if I remember correctly, was friendly with Talos. Like they hung out together, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but of the ones we've just said, between Samuel Jackson from the Capital One c- commercial campaign, um, Captain Smart. Marvel, and uh, Talos, I think Captain Marvel's the more likely game. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. I have two more possibilities. I have okay. two more. You ready? Okay. One, the dog. The dog. She was texting the dog. <laughs> right. As we know, his name's Ruff. Sparky. <laughs> yeah. His name's Sparky P. It's Dr. Sparky, aerospace engineer, as a matter of fact. Riri <laughs> yeah. uh, Williams. What about Ooh. Riri Williams? We do know there's an Ironheart show coming down the road. Uh, she certainly uh, knows a lot about tech. We haven't met her yet, so that. that might be kind of a fun introduction there. That would be very cool. Uh, I would be surprised if she was introduced in this fashion, but uh, yeah. that would be awesome. 
I have another one. This is a, this is a crazy theory. Bro, this is fun. Okay. You're just spitballing ideas. This is the last Let's... one. This is the last one. Yeah, who this is she texted? This is what I... <laughs> who she texted? This is what our podcast is about, just uh, brainstorming. This is a game show within the podcast. It's <laughs> called Who She Texted. Stand who She Texted. What do you think? Is there a possibility that it's Mr. Fantastic? What? Uh, yeah. Ooh. Um, do you think they're going to – because there's some speculation um, in some of the earlier uh, episodes, like uh, I guess last episode when she's walking into the lab, you see them working on a spaceship of some sort. Um, that If they just drop Reed Richards as like, hey, this is um, a young doctor, aerospace engineer named Reed Richards, um, and then we don't say anything about it, that feels crazy for a mid-season drop, but – but I- you could- Oh, I was ahead, I was rewatching it, and if you look really close while she's texting, she's mumbling, "This fucking stretchy piece of shit better answer." <laughs> so yeah. maybe it is. Well, just to talk about that theory, be a, a little further, and then we'll move on from here. Uh, but what Justin was saying about the Fantastic Four thing last episode, we saw Monica goes into Sword. There's a rocket they're building in the background. Hayward talks about how everybody has failed out of the space flight program. And certainly the sword uniforms are blue and white, which is the yeah. classic Fantastic Four co- colors. Oh, so, yeah. So there's yeah. a way of drawing a line that they don't have to follow this. Like a lot of the men MCU things, sometimes they drop things and then they go in an entirely different do direction. They? But, well, they do sometimes. Like they mentioned Doctor Strange, but it didn't necessarily follow up. Uh, there's other things like that. That's who but, I thought was at the door. But the we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but it's possible that this could be setting up a thing where they failed out. They get these astronauts, the Fantastic Four, who steal this rocket, take it into space. We get a riff on the yeah. classic origin story and introducing like a whoever is Reed Richards this way would be huge. And that I think be, make a lot of sense. Yes, I just that would be such a strong. Don't you think that would overtake some of the story here? I do think so. Except I agree with you, except for what happens at the end of the episode. Yeah. Which already established that sort of thing of taking things over. Right. Yeah. Uh, All right. A couple of other things we I mean, there's a lot else we should be talking about, uh, but let's go back inside of the dome. Yes. We should be talking about postcards. You remember postcards? That was a nice ad for postcards right there at the start in the opening credits. Well, like, man, we, those we, are fun. We get the opening credits to um, Family Ties, obviously, here. Um, uh, my daughter has entered the chat. Uh, Yay! So she may be speaking briefly uh, over the course of this. Um, but uh, we get the Family Ties opening sequence, which sure, I sure. think we're all a fan of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did love, and this reminded me, uh, how nonsensical 80s theme songs are. Yes. Hey, watch the yourself. fact that the entire, this always bothers me. The entire theme song, which they nailed perfectly in this, is we're doing the best we can over yep. and over. So you're like, oh, the name of the show is doing the best we can, but nope, it's WandaVision at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's very true. And uh, what was the other line in there? Like, we're making it up as we go along, mm-hmm. which I thought was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The theme song was great. Love seeing Vision as a baby, Vision growing up in the credits. Yeah. That was also very funny. Very interesting to see, like, uh, the kids uh, rocking the kind of Vision stuff as well for a little while. So that yeah. was kind of cool. Uh, lots more to talk about, though. We haven't really even talked about the meat of the episode, which is Vision versus Scarlet Witch. Uh, as he yes. becomes more and more aware over the course of this episode, pushes back on Wanda. By the end, well, they're in the air yelling at each other. He doesn't know his life before Westview. What did you think about this whole arc? 
That was. I'm glad he's finally putting things together because for a machine, he was kind of acting dumb, you know. And then finally, when he calls out her entrance, she's like, "Oh, why do you look so formal?" He's like, "Probably someone's gonna pop by right in time with the thing we need." Yeah, I thought that was great the way he called that, and he's putting things together, and it's not adding up. And the part at his job made a lot of uh, sense, and I'm so glad that he he did that. So I, I, I've been. <laughs> I've been impressed with vision in this I, I episode. We're releasing this as an audio podcast, but I love the fact on video just <laughs> more and more things are coming. Justin's My brain. reality is being invaded right now. Yeah. I got a daughter who woke up way before you. she usually does, and my dog is maybe hearing all this dead dog talk, and it's like, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like, <laughs> Pip don't slip, so Pip's not going to stand for any, yeah. you know... Bad talking, uh, sparky. This conflict is so hard to watch, and I loved the job that Paul Bettany does in this episode in particular, just how broken he is by the end. He doesn't remember his life. He doesn't know what's going on. We know that he died. You know, we talked about, I think, the last episode. What did Wanda to do? Pick up his corpse and walk across several states? Turns out yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. Well, and I think we see that, like, Hayward has been experimenting on the Vision corpse, which um, Jimmy is like, hey, that's not cool, and he totally just glosses over it. Um, so I thought all that stuff was cool. It is weird to me that Hayward is just being a straight up villain. Like he's I, a, I well, took him, I took him. He, I don't think he's an overarching villain so much as corporate dick. Like we've seen yeah, this type, douchey kind exactly. of agent dude. Yeah, it's classic. Um, but he's just outwardly. I thought he would be a little more like cool, like secretly evil. Nah, but he's no, nah, but he's nah. shooting Wanda with a rocket. He, yeah. he does the classic. No, it's a drone. It's fine. Just kidding, shoot her down with a missile, which leads to that moment that made me say, oh, shit, at home alone watching this. When Wanda comes out of the dome, (laughs) when Wanda comes out of the dome uh, and wearing her costume, the last time we saw her in that was Endgame. She is talking with a very deep Sokovian accent, which has been a big question people have had throughout the series. This moment was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was. And. The way that she, I mean, uh, this episode we haven't really talked about it yet, is about Wanda's powers. Like, she powers, she is powered up in the Marvel Universe in this episode in a way that we didn't, we knew from the comics, but it was a big move for the for the. Well, show. I think this is a big question that, to my mind, and maybe I'm thinking about it too much, points to the fact that she is not the villain here. Because, yeah. and Jimmy and Darcy bring this up, we know that she had telepathy, we know that she had... Uh, What's the other one? Telekinesis. Uh, but And she's super strong, but manipulating and changing matter is not something that we've necessarily seen in her power set. So there's steps missing there. The Mind Stone is not in Vision anymore. It is destroyed. She has Vision's body, but just because she has Vision's body doesn't mean that she can do all of these other things. Maybe it does, but there's certainly like right now we're A to C and we don't have the B. Also, speaking of her powers, it was kind of crazy how her powers didn't really work on her kids at all. That mm-hmm. was very interesting when she was trying to get the babies to shut up. And I was really worried what she was going to do to those kids. Um, but, yeah, it seems like the kids are kind of like, uh, you know, controlling them uh, themselves and don't aren't uh, succumb to her power at all. Yeah. What's yeah. your take on Tommy and Billy right now? I think they are because they were created in this reality. They they aren't beholden to it, um, and I think I think they are going to. They're going to walk out of this show with them being real people that know that have a power set and that know 
everything about what happened in there. Like there, and Wanda sees it. And I think it's, it works great in two ways as a superhero story. Like the fact that these kids were created out of nothing and now are going to be characters is really cool. But in yeah, the but you sitcom, don't know that though. I don't know that, but that's yeah. what, um, when the I, sitcom ends, maybe they end, you, you know, sorry, sitcoms my, are sad like that. Wow. Interesting. They don't kill the actors at the end of a sitcom, uh, though, Pete. I hate to tell you. Not like the dogs. My daughter just grew up to now she's 10. So. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah. It's pretty fast. Oh, that's great. Uh, let, let's talk about the end of the episode. I think we need to jump and talk about that because that's obviously the huge thing that's breaking the internet right now. Uh, yeah. We've gotten mentions of Pietro before, which was very emotional a couple of episodes back. Uh, but here we get the thing that we kind of speculated about and turns out to be exactly what happens. We get a classic 80s recasting, yes. as Darcy Ooh. points out. But it's not just any recasting. It's Quicksilver at the door, but it's played by Evan Peters yes. who played in the X-Men franchise. This is huge. People are freaking out. They're like, this is it. This is the multiverse. It's coming. We know this show is setting up Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. We know it's setting up in some way Spider-Man 3, which also deals with the multiverse. Here's what I'll throw out to you guys. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. When you saw the back of the head of the person at the door, what were your guys' first thoughts? I was like, old person, gray hair. Right. Um, I was like... Captain America. Oh, interesting. interesting. I thought Captain America was going to ring the doorbell and be like, yo, I need that stone. I got to go back and fall in love and have some real (laughs) fun. So, like, I don't know what you're doing here, but I need the stone. Because it did look like an old person. And then I thought maybe Mr. Fantastic because of the gray. But then I was completely shocked uh, by Quicksilver. I mean, I think what you're supposed to think is that it's Quicksilver, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson, and then the camera comes around and it's actually Evan Peters yeah. being classic 80s brother oh, coming into man. town douchebag, uh, which is great. Don't call him a douchebag. You don't know that yet. No, but that's what the character is in the yeah, 80s that's what the sitcom. Is. Uh, but the question in my mind, is this Evan Peters as Quicksilver from the X-Men franchise Or is it a town member of Westview who has been recast as Quicksilver? Or is it something else entirely? Well, I don't know how they justify any of that. Like, where where is that going to come in? Like, who's manipulating this? Is this someone from the Agnes Agatha side of it? Like, who's pushed this out there to help the manipulation of Wanda? Because this isn't a plan coming from the sword people. Yeah, it's not planned from Wanda because she doesn't know who's at the door. Right. There's certainly something else going on here. Uh, Regardless of what's happening, it's very exciting to see Evan Peters as Quicksilver. He was one of the highlights of not the best, one might say. That's a terrible way to say uh, But he's awesome, and he's an awesome actor. I'm very excited to see what he does going forward. His parts in the X-Men movie were my favorite parts, the reason that I would watch it. Absolutely. I mean, the sequence where he with the he puts on uh, time in a bottle. Oh, right? come on! And just like that's just, just the time. Yeah, that's great. Epic. And also, it's going to be. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how they execute this. I'm curious to see how it happens. Whether they do reference X Men at all, I'm doubtful they will. I think it's more going to be about Quicksilver, and no. we may see Aaron Taylor Johnson down the road as well. Because I thought maybe this was the twins doing, because one of the kids was like, mm. Mom, where's your brother? Do you have a brother? And she's like, yeah, but, you know, he's not here. And when she was like, oh, I don't know who's at the door, I was like, 
could be the twins making some magic. That's interesting. I, I don't, I wonder about the theory because we don't know a lot about them yet, but I do like the idea. They're 10 that, now. So, well, they're 10 now. Uh, which Get to is know a them. Bad age. Uh, they, oh! <laughs> no, it's Shots fired. Wow, slam. It's fine. My Is it one of your kids, Ted? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before we wrap up here, I'm sure there's a couple of other things we need to call out. Uh, we didn't mention this earlier, but Sparky is from the Vision comics uh, by Tom King and Gabriel yeah. Walta. Uh, he is a died in that Creed. comic too. Died in that comic too. Very sad, uh, but nice to see him here, albeit briefly. Um, what else? There are a couple of other things. The commercial we want to talk oh, about. Yes. The commercial, oh, yeah. Um, about for Lagos brand paper towels. And that's obviously a reference to the Captain America Civil War, the fight in Lagos. And I think this cements sort of our theory we had that maybe these commercials are just all the trauma moments mm-hmm. in Wanda's life. Yeah. Because yeah, that paper towel didn't look like it was doing that good of a job. I mean, that commercial wasn't. You nailed it, Pete. You're right. Well, that's, that's the point. I mean, and the narration says, for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. And if yeah. you don't remember Civil War, Wanda accidentally took crossbones, threw them into a building, and a bunch of people died, which caused the Sokovia Accords, which we also get a little mention of here. Uh, yeah. Last thing I had a question about uh, this uh, bothered me a little bit, and they've been doing this throughout the series. Um, I think it's uh, Monica says she could have taken out Thanos on her own if he hadn't initiated a bliss. Did everybody see Avengers Endgame? Like, did they watch the movie? What's going on? How do they know all of this stuff? Well, I think the, a, blit, a blitz that she said, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. That Maybe that just means the attack. Right. Didn't she say it, a blintz? You know, yeah, those she are initiated delicious. a cheese blitz. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm sure they read the reports, but there's something about it where they're like, they're all fans of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. They saw it four times in the theaters. They're, I was Cheered hoping the they would all quiz like each other. Yeah. Be like, do you stay after the credits? <laughs> there was nothing, but it was still really nice. Like, there was a little bit. It was just really nice to pay tribute to the whole cast. Hey, did you know we have like 10 minutes of credits on this show? Uh, last little thing that I'll mention uh, that I thought was Don't interesting. Don't say that. Gonna, Anytime you say last thing, I know, there's several it's never the right. last thing, and it drives me fucking crazy. I'm really sorry. This really is the last thing that I no, have to say. Is, we talked about this uh, previously when they were putting up Jimmy Woo's uh, theory wall. Agnes didn't have an ID, and Dottie wasn't on the wall. We see the wall again. Same thing. Even though time's passed, Agnes still doesn't have an ID. Dottie still isn't on the wall, which definitely raises some questions about them, I think. Great. Well, you can't say another thing on this whole podcast because you said last thing. So before Justin, we wrap let's up here, then, fun. what is on your vision board for the next episode? You Pete? said another thing. What are you talking about? I think I think we're going to get the big confrontation between Vision, a larger version of the confrontation between Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, Pete. What about you? What's on your vision board? I just wanted to say that what's nice is uh, in, they had a great moment in the show where they showed her outfit from when she was on the sitcom, and something in the '80s that is great can be bulletproof in today's world. So just think about you know bringing back some great outfits from the '80s because they're that's really a, for next cool. episode. Quite yeah. a takeaway from this episode, Pete. Yeah. All right. Things in the '80s are bulletproof. Now, '80s is fashion is bulletproof. Is what you're that's saying. Right. Uh, two things I want to see uh, on my vision board for the next episode. I want to, of course, find out more of what's going on with Evan Peters Quicksilver. That's very exciting. We need to get some sort of potential answers there. But also the overarching thing, uh, bouncing off of what you mentioned, Justin, is I still think we're going to see the Vision Scarlet Witch confrontation conclude, not next episode probably, but mm, yeah, I guess next episode potentially 
propelling us into the final act, revealing whoever the real villain behind this whole thing is. And that's what we're going to see in the last three episodes is them teaming up together to figure out this issue and get past it. Um, That's what I want to see. We'll see if that actually happens or maybe they'll double down on Wanda's trauma. And she really is the real villain after all. What sitcom do you think we're going to jump into next? Obviously, we had Family Ties here and a lot of Mr. Belvedere, as I predicted. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think? Definitely Mr. Belvedere. Really hot. A lot of Belvedere stuff. I don't know. Are we going to jump ahead all the way to the 2000s and get like the Office-style sitcom? Or is it going to be – what is a 90s sitcom? Uh, I think any of the TGIF sitcoms. Yeah, a lot of rad dudes. What are you talking about? Because I, uh, I do think the fact that they introduced Quicksilver as the brother feels very full housey to me, mm-hmm. um, where they can be like, "What are we all doing in here? Cool, Uncle uh, Quicksilver's here." Uncle Jesse. Yeah. Wait, what about Seinfeld? Could they do Seinfeld? Feels like <laughs> a strong tonal shift. <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens. And thank you all for tuning in for this episode. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to theorize about WandaVision with you. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Comicbookclublive.com. For this podcast and many more. Until next time, marvel you later. Yes, Give your kids good. booze. Give your kids booze? Is that what you said? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Maybe that'll uh, get her to go back to sleep. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.